When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very you might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. I'm back. My name is Jesse Aiken. I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I'm so excited to finally get to record this episode. I I have heard so few of these stories from WTC. We, We have kind of not talked about it in the gaming night that we had because we knew this episode was coming. Yeah, man, I'm really excited to hear this stuff talk about this stuff and also man mcp is just kicking chicken right now absolutely i think we've been saying it all this year chris but i think now more so than ever before because of the new corset and because of the new, the new card pack games are the best spot it's ever been i know there's some boogeyman in the game right now and i know there's some powerful affiliations but let's look through the lens of like the last four years right this is easily the most balanced best version of the game we've had and you know anyone could win a major event right now with any affiliation which is also crazy you literally just buffed two of the weaker affiliations in the game defenders and x-force right and that's a lot of characters that are in those lists and people were already doing well with those teams right people were already mainlining those and doing well so it's like little nuances like that all the way to a new corset which has obviously opened up a lot of paths that we're all figuring out together Oh, I'm absolutely stoked to figure out the new core set, not only where the new leadership shake out and and how they play and how they kind of fill out, but where some of these characters are going to land in out of affiliation splashes as well. Yeah. I think some of these core box characters are very powerful and have some extremely interesting abilities. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this all shakes out who's kind of displaced and what these tools will do to bring some of the middling affiliations back up to prominence or 
maybe maybe knock some people down. Who knows? That's very true. Yeah. Also, my first thought to that is Widow Three and X Force, right? Like that's just that's a thing. Oh, I know. And also, I've been having a lot of fun lately. As you guys know, this has been my year with the Brotherhood playing Ultron Two with Brotherhood. It's been really fun, right? Scary. Very scary. Very fun. You got two flying guys coming at you, you know, throwing terrain and, you know, it's, it's Magneto and Ultron. The pairing works well too, the theme, you know, but it's interesting. I'm still trying to figure out how to, how to have any kind of success against it. (laughs) It's a lot, man. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Magneto still has to roll dice, which scares, scares me, but yes, I, he's the less reliable point in that tandem, of course. Yeah, but it is. It is a scary tandem to see across the table from you. It's pretty cool. I love how good Magneto is within his own faction, but like in the greater MCP, if you look at him versus the other six threats, it's it's pretty dire for him. But you know, he's still that good in his own faction. He can keep up with maybe some of these six threats that are running the game. One of which might come up a lot today, which which we'll talk about shortly. But before we get into our stories and discussion about my WTC experience, we got to thank some people real quick. Furious Finest is supported by Mr. Laser. Go to mr-laser.square.site for all of your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Of course, we have the code FURY5, all one word, all squished together. That's the number five. And you could use that right now to get some card sleeves, get a Mr. Laser tray, get that new corset through Mr. Laser. Get you 5% off his already discounted rate, which is insane. And it transparently helps us because it shows Mr. Laser who is listening to this ad and purchasing stuff that is Furious Finest listeners, right? So it means a lot to us. Furious Finest is all supported by iWarGame. iWarGame makes our favorite mats for MCP. We highly recommend checking them out. They're marked mats. They help you set up the game quicker, get more reps in. And they're beautiful designs. I mean, the Easter eggs abound on them are absolutely amazing if you're a Marvel fan. And we also have a code with them, FF Podcasts, all one word, which will get you 10% off your marked mats for MCP. Last, but certainly not least, most important of all, our patrons support Furious Finest at patreon.com slash Furious Finest. If you enjoy the show and would like to join our private patron community on Discord, check out the Patreon tiers. Second you join the Patreon, you get access to all the elements in your tier. You additionally get added immediately into the Discord, which is amazing. We've got a lot of fun stuff going on right now. I mean, Painting Gallery with No Name just ended, so we're voting on that in the Discord. And also... The Fury Secret World League has cut to top four. I am still in it, Chris, but uh, the competition in there is this might change next episode. We'll, we'll talk. We'll probably have a winner in the next coming episodes. Man, I love how how uh, how how high level mm-hmm. the secret the Secret Wars League has has gotten. You guys have been slamming games for a long time now. It's not easy. No, it's not. And I mean, this is not a promise. But my life has cleared up a little bit, so I might be able to be back in there. The return. There we go. Yeah, Chris Just everybody can everybody can stomp me for a while. Well, you can also learn like a new team, right? Like, oh, which is all awesome. the time. Yeah, that's one of the cool things about it is getting to be able to play guaranteed games. Guaranteed games, and that means getting to try things. And I don't know. It's it it opens up a lot of possibilities in your MCP life. We also have gone fully open list with the Fury Secret Wars Patron Leagues, and that's been really I think helpful and fun. It keeps people from getting stagnant, where it's like. Let's say someone wanted to learn Brotherhood, but halfway through the league, they're like, you know, I've been playing Brotherhood for over a month now. Like, I'm just, I need to change. They can change. They can switch to something else. So the open list provides a lot of freedom and and fun. 
And there's a lot of people in there like myself or some of our other amazing patrons. Like I just played Eric recently, who's an amazing Asgard player, the best in the world. What do you know? Yeah. What do you know? He's in the league. There's some people that just mainline a team the whole time. And that's perfectly viable and a good way to go too, because you can learn a lot about a specific team or just home winning your favorites, you know, against people across the world that are amazing company. So those are just two of many things going on on the Patreon Discord. And we'd love to have you in there having discussions with us and stuff and definitely check out the Patreon tiers. Of course, this week we have a new patron to thank. That's Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much, Dave. And of course, we cannot do it without our Avenger level producers. These folks keep the lights on for us. And this week, as we do every week, a very big and special shout out to Rich and Sean. Thanks, y'all. Thank you, gentlemen. You really helped the show stay afloat and help us uh, pay our bills and stuff. So it means a lot. All right, Chris, let's get into our main topic today, which is oh yes, WTC 2023. So I'm not going to harp on the event too much. I do want to set the stage for listeners and for Chris, but there's been so many good casts and discussions online about the event as a whole. You know, in a way, this is part two of my thoughts on WTC because I was on the Danger Room. We did mention it last episode. We did mention on the Patreon Discord. I did link the Danger Room episode, which is called the WTC Roundtable, where it was me with my team, Freedom Force, the American team that I played on, talking about our thoughts on the event and stuff. Quickly covering those real quick, I think this is one of the best events I've ever been to as as a competitive gamer, namely a couple reasons. Number one, this concept and idea of choosing a convention hall slash hotel that is a 10 minute walk across the street from the airport is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, man. Now it didn't affect me in that positive way, but that's, it's good problems. It's because I came to the country a couple days early to get acclimated. Right. So, but I'm, what I'm saying is I could have just arrived and gone straight to the venue if I wanted to, but I wanted to see a little bit of Denmark before I did and get acclimated. So for me, it was more of a arrive at the airport, take the train into the country, take the train back to the airport towards the end of my venture, you know, to get to the con hall, right? Which is, you know, good problems, but uh, yep. Uh, very, very good problems. Just getting to get to hang out, hang out around an absolutely gorgeous country for a couple of days while you get used to, uh, to oh, the, man. to the change in the sleep. That's the, the jet lag was good. unreal, but yeah, I the, believe that I didn't mention the Metro was right there. So the Metro was very easy to use. And what's super cool about this hotel being the airport hotel and the airport being right there and the the metro being right there, you could just jump on the metro and go into town quite easily as well. So let's say you did get there a day early and wanted to see a little bit of Copenhagen. Well, you could absolutely do that with very little like resistance, difficulty, confusion, right? Because then you could just take the train straight back to the airport, right? And then get off of your hotel again towards the end of the night, right? So I think that part amazing a part i've already touched on already on the danger room cast and on this this feed a little bit when we were talking about and prep to go and you know once again massive shout out and thanks to all my friends and family and listeners who donated even a small amount to my gofundme because all this became possible because through these donations and people's generosity but also like because it was a affordable event chris i mean plane ticket was not affordable at all but the event itself in the scheme of like events, hotel prices, food, when you push all this together at a major American con, I would be completely confident it would be cost more than this event did, right? Now, what's cool about that is this event 
all that was included in the price. So you were paying for the hotel, you were paying for the con, you were paying for your food all together. I love that. And so like that gave a lot of clarity and security, especially for someone like me that was going on such a limited and small budget that it was like, well, all you have to do, Jesse, is get to Saturday, Sunday and everything's done. Like, so really it was like my expenses were expenses at the place I was staying up until then expenses I were making with food and stuff up until then. But if I could get to Saturday and Sunday, first of all, that's when the event was second of all, all three meals of the day were included in your ticket. Right. And the meals were actually phenomenal meals, like healthy, locally sustained, good food with energy and protein in it. You like that. Yeah. Yeah, You love that. Like, I mean, like to paint the picture, the breakfast was an all-inclusive like buffet-style breakfast that you keep going back for more and more. And it just had a massive spread of proteins, vegetables, fruits, locally sourced breads, insane stuff, right? Like, I mean, if, if you really got up there early and had breakfast, I mean, you could really tank up. And I did every day. I mean, I was having stuff like, you know, Greek yogurt. Oh, yeah. Sausage, eggs, some veggies, some fruit, like good stuff, like to start your day and power you through. And then every day they served a lunch that was like a salad bowl with some sort of protein on the side and like um, some bread and stuff in addition to the salad bowl, Buddha bowls, things like that. Amazing stuff. I mean, one day I'm like literally having something that I would totally buy, as Chris knows me, like for lunch one day where it was like a Buddha bowl with ahi tuna, you know? a side of like sparkling water and like it's just like they they provided stuff and then every night there was a there was a dinner um in the hall which also was a very good dinner that had a lot of options and we're talking like this is above average or better hotel food you know what i mean this is like actually catered food <laughs> so yeah I'm, i want to paint that picture that the food was phenomenal and keeping that trend going chris something that means a lot to me around the gaming hall and around the hotel there was water taps everywhere it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. That's so nice not to have to worry about carrying a jug of water around with you. It's a game changer. Or if you carry a jug around with you, you just fill up every time you see one. Yeah, that... That gallon of water I have to lug with me around cons is so frustrating. Yeah. So that actually just kept people in good health and everyone's feeling good. But then in addition to that, you could purchase things that were outside of your bill. Of course, you could purchase coffee. You could purchase beers. You could purchase cocktails, whatever. And there was multiple coffee and bars to do that as well. So, I mean, that was also an option to you. So that kind of sets the stage. The hotel was actually not bad. I mean, obviously, it's a discount price, small Scandinavian rooms, but completely minimalist, minimalistic and clean, right? So it's like, we're not there to like hang out in the room. We're there to play and rest in the room. So the room's being small, completely fine. But the bathroom, shower, 
amazing. And the reason I'm going in such detail with all this is they are holding WGC next year in the same event hall. So I want people to have all the information they can to kind of make an informed decision if they can afford it or go to it, right? And I highly recommend it. And that's the next part we're going to talk about before we get into my games is the nature of this being a world event, the nature of this being a team event, the nature of this being a highly competitive event, but being a team event, there was an air of like camaraderie, kinship. You know, like I said on the last cast, like there was a lot of like peace and love. Like there's a lot of like, it was so fun but being so competitive like that's perfect for me as a player as you guys know because the second games start getting really highly competitive or or tilts or rage or or just not fun it it's not fun for me right so the fact that this entire event was so lax but at the same time so competitive it, it was like perfect right uh, that's that's a perfect combo right and i think the team format paired with the multiple country format is what led to that the most oh sure and a lot of people meeting each other for, you know, there's not a lot of yeah. familiarity there and everyone's all on, on the kind of on their best behavior and things. It's always easier to tilt with your brother than, you know, someone you just melt, met. Well, probably also as a, as an individual player too, right? Than in a team, right? Because you're oh, like, yeah, for sure. Because in a team, in this format, you know, we've talked about in greater detail in the danger room, but with the draft and the concept of the format is all you have to do is win three out of your five games to win around it's less about winning and losing and it's more about okay what can i fall in the grenade for the team or or what do we need to win here what's our bad matchup what's our good matchup so like there i think innately if you go in a good mindset with that of course there's less intensity and tilt as well because you're just like our team just has to win that's it there's no like individualistic ego wrapped up in this it's more like how do we win as a team right and so i think that was also very conductive to this positive environment as well but you know You've got like good food, good con hall. I also didn't mention the space was incredible, like massively high ceilings. So low acoustic bounce, which was also great. Mm. I mean, the sound Mm -hmm. was not Mm -hmm. overwhelming, which is important to a lot of people and certainly myself where I can start feeling drained with that and large table space for everybody to play. Like there was no like bumping elbows and stuff. So a lot of the reasons that I tout why I love LSO so much, Lone Star Open, where it's like, yeah, it's pretty great. You've got massive ceilings. So the sound bounce is low. The the ambient volume is low. And then everybody has their own table space, right? That was very much what this was like. It ended up with like 32 teams. A team had to drop the day of due to flights because something I didn't mention that was fun part of the trip. I mean, the weather was really nice early on, but closer to the event, the weather got insane. It was like unprecedented gale force winds and weather. Oh, wow. So people were getting stuck on planes. Planes couldn't land. Crazy. So one of the teams had to drop out due to that. And there was some shuffling around of players to try to make it work. And it ended up working in the end. We ended up at 31 teams and then a bye. And the team that came in late, which was the French team, they were like, we're happy to take the bye because everyone was waiting on us. And Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So and, you know, a buy in this format is actually huge too, because these are not easy rounds to win <laughs> with the draft, with the nature of the format. Which you know, talking about the format now briefly, no crossover of characters across your entire team. So I mean, you've got five players on your team, ten characters each. So you've got fifty Marvel Crisis Protocol characters with zero overlap, right? So it's like I got Logan, right? But that also means but no, no one else on your team. Yeah, no one got gets, Logan. <laughs> gets the pleasure of having Logan. Right. So Deaton on our team got some really good picks. We talk about this a lot, how we gave him all the tools and maybe in retrospect, that was a mistake. But, you know, he's running Avengers and he's got like things like Crimson Dynamo and Bill in his back pocket, Hulk, 
you know, things like that tools. So a big part of the format is like figuring that out. And I think no one's quite figured it out exactly right. But I would say the Swedish team who won the whole event clearly did <laughs> in some ways. It, it seems like they might have figured it out. The, they maybe set the blueprint for everyone to start working off of next next year is kind of what it feels like to me from hearing everyone talk about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they, I think they won all their drafts and we're learning how huge that is in this format because it's like, we know how MCP goes. I mean, you get two top players in the world playing against each other. I mean, dice could flip the game on its head or, or something could crazy could happen and upset or, or maybe they're perfectly matched and dice are perfectly even. There's so many elements. So when you add the draft on top of that, there's layers and layers and layers of countering and counter picks and 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 cool stuff like that and something i learned very quickly because we had to lock li- lists the pre-october 1st and a lot changed with the game after that but i learned very quickly that europe is pretty aggressive meta <laughs> oh interesting as somebody who plays an objective t- based team almost you know 90 percent of the time even when i play teams like brotherhood i play more objective based i i saw all these lists and i saw a researcher i saw demons downtown everywhere i saw gamma everywhere just straight up fights in the middle and i was like oh we might be in trouble because we have three objective-based teams web warriors criminal syndicate and x-men respectively and we only really only had two teams that could fight really well which was our avengers and our inhumans of course piloted by our wonderful coach and team captain sooner so that was interesting so i think we're learning a lot from that too we're from the data like oh would have just been better to go like a full attrition spread. And then the draft is actually less scary too. For us, we're like, well, we got to protect Mike. We got to protect our web warriors, right? We can't put him into like a super hyper aggressive researcher matchup, right? So then that would dictate the draft in a lot of ways. And we did a lot of mock drafts and stuff. And we talk about that in greater detail. So all that said, we did all this prep. Um, I had an amazing time in Denmark. The Danes are amazing people, super nice people. And I got to see a lot of the country leading up to it though jet lagged very the whole time i mean i because i went the economy around chris and you know this too on the way up and the way back i had three flights both ways yeah i had multiple layovers and i had you know 25 hour days of travel things like that right so i mean more than days of time plus the time change you know a lot of stuff to get it's a lot travel days are brutal they're absolutely brutal and obviously when you cut corners and do it on a cheaper budget, I mean, you're going to have more layovers. You're going to have less direct flights. You know, so on the way up, I went Tulsa to Dallas, Dallas to London, London to Copenhagen. Right. And that, that Dallas to London flight, that's a big one. I believe it. So, and as I actually had longer flights on the way back, so that was brutal as well. But, you know, the jet lag coming back is much, much more doable. But let's talk about, I, I kind of mentioned our team. I'll, I want to give shout out to my teammates who are amazing uh, players in this game. Some of the best players in all of America, I think we had on our team. And let's talk about what they played briefly, just like the affiliations they played. So I mentioned our team captain was Nathan Sooner. So Nathan played in humans beautifully all weekend. Spoiler alert, he went 5-0 for the entire event. Incredible. And humans was a new faction for him too. So turns out he's really good it turns out he's really good he's also a really good attrition player so it was kind of like the glove fit keeping this theme of amazing players going we had mike deluca playing web warriors we had jacob deaton playing avengers we had douglas of course sploosh playing criminal syndicate with a small black order splash 
so nice. he could so he could play in the attrition if he needed to. And then we had myself, Jesse, playing X Men, pretty much affiliation battle X Men. I had nine X Men and Lizard. <laughs> of course, you had Lizard. I think Nathan said it when we formed the team. He was like, "Jesse's getting Lizard, right?" That sort of thing. Yeah, you know? that's it's kind of goes without saying. Yeah, if like if we're gonna lock a model to me, probably should lock it to the guy who's played the model the most but also i think everybody just knows i love lizard like it's it's not even a power level thing it's just he brings me a lot of joy so he's he sparks joy okay let's let's say it like this every list i have made for mcp since lizards come out lizard has been in oh i'm aware i know you are i just want to make sure the listeners know i think they know too but let's let's make let's let's clear the slate it has been every list yeah and it, it works out too like the the teams i really like to play even the teams that I like to play that I haven't played in a while, Lizard fits really well. Convocation, Lizard can bump with the leadership. X-Men, of course, all the reasons Lizard is good for the team. He's an objective player. Spider-Foes and Criminal Syndicate, which I've played, he's kind of like an auto-include. Brotherhood, I personally like him Brotherhood. I know some people don't like him, but I mean, he does have a terrain throw. He can, he can play on that Mystique team really well. So, I mean, the list goes on and on and on of my main teams. Lizard is great. But let's talk about my list real quick. Because I want you guys to know exactly what I had. Because through the format, we mentioned it's so interesting that lists had to be locked before by October 1st. And this whole format of no one can share models, it made lists very, my list in particular, pretty much affiliation battle. So my list was Storm, X-23, Domino, Beast, Cyclops, Colossus, Honey Badger, Cable, Lizard, Logan. My cards should look very familiar to any X-Men players out there. But I had to me, my X-Men first class fall back eyes on the prize exceptional healing jonathan sacrifice brace no matter the cost and children of the atom i think the only cards i didn't play all weekend were actually children of the atom and eyes on the prize which is crazy to say but i mean they just didn't come up and my crises were mutant madmen deadly meteors spider portals struggle for the cube paranoia pummels populace and spider infected so i went only an objective i went all pay to flips all wide objectives you know, I had Cable as a tool to fight if I needed to. Well, of course, X-Men have always been good at pay to flips, especially with your high, a lot of high energy defenses in there. Yeah. So that tends to help a little bit on a couple of those. But yeah, this this seems like a this is very similar to a list you've been honing for years. So this is kind yes. of your home list in yeah, a and lot going of ways. Back to Deadly Meteors too has been... yeah. Going back to my home list in a big way, too, because I think a lot of X-Men players ran away from that objective for good reason. And I think getting tools like Scott and Colossus and Cable. Yeah. X-Force loves Deadly Meters, for instance, right? So I think that was a pretty cool and fun addition. So yeah, right back to my old my old stuff. Now, I think I will say this format did limit this list a lot. I didn't really have any pivots. I didn't have any steals. And I think... Obviously, this list gets dramatically better if I drop a couple X-Men and bring in some tools like a Steel on a, a Rhino, a Black Cat, things like that. Because if I run to a team that has Steels and we're even on objective and they steal from me, I just can't get back in the game unless Logan or Laura kill someone, yeah, right? Your only choice at that point is attrition and mm-hmm. only having the... I mean, you've got some people that can spike I do. for I do. sure. But so does every other team, right? Everyone can spike in MCP. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're only really just, these are two characters built to get knockouts are Laura and Logan in this particular list. And yeah, I'm sure that was pretty, I mean, I guess Cable, 
in the right situations if you can bring them out. Yeah, I also didn't have like my big scary like five threat splash if I get forced right. on fighty stuff. I didn't have my ebony maw. I didn't have I didn't have Pyro, who's a great tool, and some of these big boys that are a problem, right? right. So just nature of the format. In hindsight, I think if we had a little bit more time, which unfortunately we didn't with all the card changes, right? And I think I had one of the toughest goes at it because basically I would agree. A third of my characters changed overnight. As well as your affiliation. As well as my affiliation. I brought Scott leadership with me. But before that, I didn't have Scott in the list. I didn't have Colossus in the list. And, you know, whether that was right or wrong call, because of the changes, the list had to change very rapidly, even though it still remained a pretty much mono X-Men list the whole time. The core stayed the same, but knowing the core going into an event like this is not you need you need to be an expert, right? 100 percent So yeah. Everyone else was dealing with the character changes as well. But you, as an X-Men, I think you X-Men players had one of the tougher slogs as far as that goes. I think that slog's still going on too, right? Absolutely. And we also got to point out the elephant in the room, which is Storm's nerfs were very real to your leadership. I think X-Men has gone from being probably a top five affiliation to maybe a top 10 or top 15 now, right? And that's completely fine. And I'm not saying... They're not a top five affiliation. In the hands of a practice player, they absolutely are. I'm just saying that the nerf was so real that maybe now some things really do have to go your way in the way of dice when X-Men didn't used to count on dice as much. I I can attest to that. I would win games without rolling dice quite often with X-Men. Yes, very, very often. Because of the storm hop was free once per round, things like that, right? And because the cover was guaranteed... The storm hop needed to change. That's a given. We've talked about that on the show already. I do think the cover change was massive and a huge hit. And, you know, spoiler alert, I rolled my storm cover all weekend and I didn't roll into any defense, right? And that just happens, right? But also, it's a worse version of the Miles leadership on characters that already are less defensive than the web warriors who roll a bunch of dice anyways. And that's more bread and butter, that faction. This is like a, well, let's see what happens. Let's gamble and see if I get my cover yeah. that I used to have, right? So what I'm saying is X-Men die very quickly now, like very quickly. So they feel more like an objective kind of web warriors type team at the moment? Yeah, which they've always kind of been, but they just, they can't that that built in That built-in block was huge. Yeah, they can't stay around as much. They almost got to take more risks sometimes now because it's like, well, before I could be outside of range two or three and I could have the cover and I could maybe move back with that extract. Well, now it's like maybe Laura just needs to try to kill that person before they go Yeah, because it's just too risky because if they go, they're going to definitely remove Storm. They're going to definitely, you know, maybe take out Beast, things like that. Right. So efficacy of characters like Beast and Storm who are fragile at times gets even more fragile, right? Obviously, by nature of not guaranteed cover. So there's just a lot of elements. I mean, lore is still great. Domino is still great. Like there's there's things that are still good for you. And I think Colossus and Scott being viable now is a game changer. You know, on his worst day, Colossus now is like just a big lizard, right? He's just walking around wherever he wants to go with with a bunch of health and taking up a bunch of space. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. But the question is, where do you play him? And and can he pull his weight in the game? That four threat slot is it's uh, it's hot and it's it's tough to break into that. And I'm I'm experiencing that in my own learning of a new faction. Yeah. And so I didn't bring Rogue, which, you know, maybe right or wrong. I'm not sure. But I, I think I would have liked her in one game. But other than that, I, I stand by my every other choice in my list. I do think Colossus and Scott were better choices than Rogue. 
and and worked out for me. But you know, there's one game I really could have used Rogue, which we'll get to shortly. But the four threats are so tight in X Men. I mean, look at this. I didn't even bring Psylocke, right? And maybe Psylocke would have been actually my best thing that I didn't bring because if I didn't have steals and stuff, which I didn't, maybe I just bring a monster like Psylocke to kill models to remove their extracts from them, right? And so, not knowing how aggressive the meta was going into this, I was like, I'm going to play my normal X Men. Yeah. Then I saw them list lock and i was like oh man psylocke would have been actually pretty awesome on some of these objectives and stuff right so live and learn and uh there's no way to know what other metas are going to be you just got to play what you got what you know and what truly what i know is this version of x-men and and to be honest too i know every character better than psylocke that's in the x-men team including scott that's fair. you know who i've played a lot in the past and right wow scott performed for me this weekend and i will mention that i played him three games well, let's let's get into it, man. Let's talk about these games. So our team is Freedom Force, and round one, we walk up and we play the Finnish Syndicate. Awesome. They, of course, were the team from Finland. And, you know, this round one was a tough round one and a strong, I don't know the word for it. I think it was just a way to be like, okay, we're in it. You know, this is a world team championship. <laughs> this was not an easy round yeah. one for us. So round one, I played, we kind of finagled the draft a certain way. And it was like, Jesse, do you feel comfortable playing the Brotherhood player? And I was like, I think I can do it, especially because this has been my year with Brotherhood, right? I will mention the tables were very heavy at this event, which is how we like to play locally. That is but, how we play. But also very scary when you're staring down the barrel of a Brotherhood player with yep. space maw. Oh my. Okay. So we got long throws for days of size force. So I ended up playing the Brotherhood player. His name was Marcus. I, w- I would honestly say this is one of my favorite games of the entire weekend. Probably my second favorite game. And that's a great start. Now, I need to know what the Chrysi were, but I'm really curious as to what the what threat value you played at. Okay. Yeah. So I got priority, which was great. I was like, if I can pull my spider portals, uh, I'm going to be so happy, right? Because we can spread this brotherhood out. Unfortunately, I did it. I pulled Mead Mabin, which was, which was actually in his list as well. So this is one of the situations where, oh, he's playing with double. I got to be ready. And we pulled his hammers. So the threat ended up being 18 threat. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I'm assuming you saw Space Mall. Yeah, I saw Space Mall. And because we were playing me and Mad Men, I think he made the right decision of going Mystique Brotherhood because of the pay to flips and, yeah. and the spread map. But what's cool is he went Mystique Brotherhood with Space Mall. So it's like yeah. he had a Magneto level character in his list that was actually, you know, not as slow as Magneto. Kind of fills the same role while being able to move hundred <laughs> percent. So this game was extremely back and forth. I'm not going to go pay, play by play because we have so many games to get through, but I will mention it was like, I went wide. He went fairly wide with Maul. He brought Colossus, which I thought was super interesting because, you know, Colossus brotherhood affiliated. He also is amazing. And me and Mad Men, cause he can walk back and forth between the traps, like a big lizard. Like I said, easily flip those traps with his four physical easily not be moved off the traps, but cause he can't be pushed. Right. And so it's harder for your opponent to flip them. So I ended up playing a lot of my X-Men core, you know, which is like, I brought the two girls, which was great. I brought honey badger and Laura and they performed so well because it created a puzzle over there where I had lizard, honey badger, Laura. I had sacrifice. I had exceptional healing. I had honey badger's taunt. So I had all these elements where there's no way for him to get the target he wants in any given time. Right. And that ended up being massive because, you know, Mystique can do work. She can remove models with that rapid fire, right? Or those explosives. And the game just went back and forth a lot. 
And I was in the driver's seat for a while and he had a massive swing round where he removed two models at the top of the round with space Ooh. mall. Yeah. You know, That'll I mean, do it. And so I, I, that, that round, think about it. That was a round where I didn't have two of my models to activate. So I lost four actions. I lost a lot on a map. That's, you know, four extracts on the board and four pay to flips on the board. Right. But in the end, I end up just controlling the traps better, you know, which is kind of my forte, which is objective. And I end up getting, keeping parity on hammers the whole time, or maybe getting a hammer extra for one round, bump me up a point. And then he kills that character, takes the hammer. Right. Final score ended up being 19, 13. And like I said, super amazing opponent. He, he missed none of his triggers. He played super tight. He was super kind. And, this team was amazing, Chris, because they had these custom stickers made. That's said great. The finished syndicate on them, and they had all of their them, the players, but as the affiliation leaders that they played. Oh, that's right? wonderful. So, like, we had like Blade, and we had like you know Magneto, and we had the rest of their team all on there, which was absolutely amazing. And I didn't know it, but like, luckily, I was in the driver's seat that entire game. I never, there was never a moment where even the round where he brought it back. I still was ahead on points, right? Which is where you want to be because then you can close it out the final rounds. But I didn't realize that apparently my game was the, was the determining factor this round because my team was sweating because we had an upset or two in this I round. I see. Deaton lost his game against the Hellfire player and Mike lost his game against the Guardians player, which, you know, to be expected, Web Warriors getting... yeah tossed into the and you know right into the pan with all the guardians guns but nathan handily won his game and sploosh handily won his game and so it was like i didn't realize that i was the bubble you know so my team was yep. kind of pacing around i was like what's going on there because i was just like i feel great i'm, I'm yeah I feel you were fine. just you were just vibing you're just playing but they had no idea because they saw all they saw was like a score of like 10 to 14 or something right you know right. and they're like this is too close amazing team and we had a blast round one. So we ended up taking round one, three to two, pretty tight, you know, pretty tight, pretty scary. It could have gone a different way, right? If I would have lost my game, you know, we will, we could we could have lost that round, right? So, but moving on, round two. This was our hardest round of the tournament. I'll just straight up say it. Okay. Uh, so round two, we played Dr. Norbert's team from his streaming fame, the Reclaimed Colonials, which is great. They were a UK team. But they were a UK team of Canadians, Americans, you know, (laughs) hence the name, you know. Right, right. It is really great. So their team was really interesting. So Norbit was running Criminal Syndicate. They had a Black Order player. They had a Web Warrior player. They had a Guardians player. Once again, I think we're seeing a lot. We didn't have Guardians player, but every team had a Guardians player. And they also had a Convocation player. So they just had all these like teams that could hit above their weight class, win games with dice if they need to. And then they could always fall back on Norbert playing Kingpin or Shadowlands Daredevil and kind of having like a strong just game of MCP no matter what. So I ended up getting paired against Connor, who's, I would say, one of the world's best Web Warrior players. And he played amazing in our game. But I think I would have rather taken almost anyone else this round other than the Web Warrior player because the situation we talked about earlier... Connor had multiple steals. I had none, right? Yeah. We're both playing objective. Yeah. Yeah. What that also means is we're both playing objective really well. Who's going to spike first on their dice, right? Because if we're both playing objective and scoring evenly, 
then it really comes down to a dice roll and stuff, right? So I ended up playing Connor. He won priority, so it's not a great start. He obviously did not pick my pay to flips. And I was looking at his list and I was like, okay, I can handle some of the other things he's got. He had like extremists and things like that. But I was like, I really don't want to play him on superpowered scoundrels. And of course, that's what we got. You know, webs love it. Yeah, they love it. We also got my PPP, which webs love as well. So, not to discredit Connor or anything because he played immaculate. I'm just saying, I already was feeling the uphill battle of he got two of his objectives. Yep. And he obviously was practiced in season, an amazing player. Now, this game was super interesting because I was either slightly ahead by a point or two or we are parity every round. Interesting. Okay. But what happens with Web Warriors towards late game? They're powered up finally. Yeah, and, and then they, they can do all their stuff. Then they do the thing. <laughs> the steals. They play they all the their steals. cards. There was some tough stuff in this game, like top of round two, amazing Peter, web swing over, one shot storm. He just built five power. So now what's he going to be for the rest of the game? He's going to be flush on power the rest of the game. He's going to web swing wherever he wants. So that's going to be a massive like hill to climb, right? Unfortunately, the whole weekend, I played Logan and Laura most games, and this is the game I actually needed them to show up the most because it's that. Yep, it's this that, is the matchup. I don't want that to be Logan. If this is the matchup, Logan has to do work in. He did it. Yeah, this that was, happens. This was his worst dice game of the weekend. I know that. Additionally, game very well. the the black cat buffs were real. So black cat is harder to kill now. Though she though she got nerfed with she has to take an action to steal. She got tankier. And so like when Laura when Laura and Logan are not rolling their dice well into black cat, what do you do, right? And you know I will say like to my credit, I did days black cat very early because i put everything into her yeah and i took her extract but then what does she do she wakes up and takes it back right steals it back yeah so it was an amazing game i mean he went wide web warriors i went wide x-men maybe there's a world in this game where i play colossus and i did it just because he can't be pushed by web warriors right interesting i don't think he would have brought any attrition to the game right but maybe he could have just been a point sitter and he, he gives a later round stagger too for sure, which, you know, is big against webs. But, you know, when he got to his all webbed up turn and then all his web warriors were hitting their wild triggers, getting all their throws and stuff. I'm like, OK, now he can seal it out. And he certainly yeah. did. Final score was 17-13. But, you know, what's crazy is like the score right before that was like 13-12 in my favor. You know what I mean? Yep. It's it's just web warriors have all the power to rearrange the board in the final round and to steal stuff in the final round. And as long as they don't get attritioned out, they're going to do it. Yep. They're gonna they're gonna keep it close until they can afford that big swing, and then they're gonna they're gonna close you out. Yeah. Now, what was tough about this round is my match and Sploosh's matches were basically like a, a coin toss. That's how we built it in the draft. We're like, okay, the chances that Jesse beats Web Warriors are probably lower than fifty percent, and the chances that Sploosh beats Black Order, same same situation, right? And so we kind of built around that. And we kind of gave Deaton, Nathan, and Mike the ideal matchups in our in our in our document, right? Unfortunately, we did not win all those games, so we ended up losing this round by one. Since me, Mike, or Sploosh did not win our round, we ended up losing that round barely by one. Yeah, which is the nature of the format, right? And these guys definitely played really well, and we just couldn't bring it home on this round. So. We ended up losing round two, which is crazy because I talked about this with Amon, Chris, and, and Omnis, because they were playing on yes. Yes. Coasting to Victory, another American team. And of course, we had the infamous podcast, another American team from the Kansas City area. And infamous Freedom Force and Coasting to Victory, we all lost round two. 
Very interesting. So there was already chatter online, like all the American teams lost round two. That is insane. Like they can't win the event now, right? So, and I think it shocked us and it shocked a lot of people that were watching from afar. But I mean, you get to this event, super competitive. And then, like I said, if we take one of these games, we win this round, right? And we came close to taking game. If I could have taken that game, if Logan could have come online and his beam would have worked out, you know, yep. Miles wouldn't get to steal. Black Hat wouldn't get to steal. But instead, they now they're just alive with more power, you know, <laughs> to do all the things they want I to do. I do know. It's so, yeah. I don't like being the aggressor in the double objective team format. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Because it's it's just tough. It's just tough. So we lost round two and so the other, other American teams. So we were like, okay. Now we did break for lunch and I said we had those amazing salad Buddha bowls. But moving on to round three, this is where it gets really interesting. So we played, I think, one of our like favorite probably our favorite team of the weekend like as in like camaraderie and like sure. fun we had sure 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 so we played sweden Hedening. if i mispronounce that i apologize but they were one of the multiple swedish teams that were there <laughs> there was multiple swedish teams because i learned very quickly being in denmark and the geography and everything that the swedish teams like a lot of them didn't even stay in the con hall. They just commuted every day because it was nothing. It was like a, That's awesome, a 30, man. 40 minute commute. Good for right? them. And like a lot of the guys were like, yeah, I just rode my bike to the train station. I took the train straight here. And you're like, man, that's incredible. You're another country and you're commuting like what I do in Tulsa to our game night. You know what I mean? So amazing. And I also, I think I gave them a, that that home bed advantage, you know, of some good rest. Oh, for sure. You know? so, yeah. But what what makes that, most perplexing to Americans is case in point, Chris, they were most of the Swedish teams were had smaller commutes than the Denmark teams. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And they're crossing a border too, which is insane. Right. Because Copenhagen's on the far edge of Denmark, which is really close to Sweden, of course. And a lot of the Dane, the Dane teams were coming from the Jutland, which is like the entire other side of the country. And they were crossing across the countryside two, three hours two, three, four hours to get to Copenhagen, right? So I thought that was just fascinating and just awesome, you know? But I mean, it, it'd be very similar in America to like Texas, right? Where it's like- Yeah, Kansas City. Yeah. Right, where, where it's like, oh, some Oklahoma City players are getting to Dallas faster than people in Texas. Yeah, folks driving up from Austin, right? 100%, 100%. So when you put in that context, it makes a lot of sense, but I loved this team. I kind of alluded to my favorite game of the weekend. This was my favorite game of the weekend. So round three, I played Adam, who was an Asgard player. And I knew that this was going to be an amazing matchup because we both like pay to flips. He's got bigger spikes than me on attrition. And we ended up drawing deadly meteors, which was very scary because that that's his best because it's the fight's yeah. right in the middle, right? And we drew struggle for the cube. So we're both good at both of these objectives, right? Um, I would say he has the advantage on the meteors over me, but maybe I have a slight advantage with the cubes with healing factor, but or it's about the same because he just he just asgards that cube damage off, right? So man, this game was insane, Chris. So this is one of the multiple games I played Scott, and I kept Scott good. on like good a meteor all game, and he was shooting at the other meteor and at his meteor and just shoving people off with his size three. I mean, the theme was right. I had Scott, I had Logan, I had lizard, you know, I had all these models that could like stick to meteors and push people off, you know, and just try to be a body there. Right. I had storm and he ends up bringing Thor Loki with the mind gem. Yeah. I was, 
I had that's a strong. I that's had a strong. feeling. Beta Ray Bill. And his spice in his list, which I thought was so amazing, was Nick Fury Sr. and the Howling Commandos to round one, brothers in arms, Thor up the table. Yep. <laughs> uh, that is that is a move I adore. Absolutely. So this game was crazy. It was like I scored so much every round on the meteors, and we were pretty much on parity on the cubes, or I'd maybe I'd be up one. But per Asgard's there was a round where he had a massive swing back where he basically dazed all of my models in one round and I just didn't get to play. Oh but my. I was so ahead on points that I could afford to go. We, we were definitely going to another round because then he just caught back up. Right. You know what I mean? Like there was a point in the game where I was at like 12 and he was at four. And then that round, he literally stopped me scoring. <laughs> yeah. And then he scored everything. So yep. it was like, he scored like six or so that round. From and he was at like four, six or seven. Yeah, he was at so three or right, four, and now he's right at like eleven, and I was at twelve or thirteen. It's like, oh, I was like up every round, every round, and there's just a round where Loki, Doom prophecies, one shots Logan with his staff, oh my gosh. you know, and then like kills someone else, and then it's like I go with Scott, and Scott just pushes people off, but doesn't do the damage he needs to do, and then it's like, okay, well now Thor and Bill are going to kill the rest of your team. This round. yeah. Now, Sounds about right. I, I was lucky that I'd played KG, I played safe, I played objective up until that point. So a lot of the models were just being dazed. They weren't being removed. Logan was removed this game. Scott was removed this game. And it was just one of those things where by the end of the game, I literally just had like Lizard and Storm and they just scored it out, you know, because his attrition came back in a huge way. So our final score was extremely close after I had this bigger lead in the earlier rounds of the game. And it just proves how amazing of a player he was and how much of a bloodbath this was. Yeah. <laughs> it was an absolute bloodbath. I mean, the final score ended up being 17, 15 in my favor. And that's so tight. And it was one of those games where we were like, we have to play this out because you could win this. And like worst case scenario, you just score massive, right? Which, you know, 15 points in a tournament setting even in a loss, is very good. It means you played amazing, right? And so Adam was my favorite opponent the entire weekend. He's actually the guy, jumping ahead to the final ceremony, he's actually the guy that found me later and exchanged jerseys with me because it's a a WTC tradition. I unfortunately did not know about this tradition. Apparently, WTC teams of the past, when you have these custom jerseys made, people buy two or three jerseys worth. Yeah, They, They allocate funds for that, which I definitely didn't have. But they also, that's a plan the whole time, right? Right. And they can easily buy two or three $50 jerseys, and then they can trade with their favorite opponents of the weekend, their jerseys. So Adam was kind enough to trade me his jersey with nothing in return. Oh, very, very, very sweet of him. And I wore his jersey the other day. It's just so awesome. that I've got this, this, you know, Swedish jersey. And shout out to him and his team. I mean, that was, I said, I alluded to, it was our favorite round. We just had such a blast that round. And I don't know, it was these guys just played clean MCP and they were so kind. And a lot of them too were like, hey, I love the podcast. And you guys you guys helped me get through our train commutes or walking my dog and stuff. So shout out to you guys for that. I can't wait to hang out with Adam again, which is amazing. So Yeah, man. So we ended up taking that round. We take that round 4-1. So that was a big, that was Great. a big round for us. Big yeah. round for us. So Continuing on, Chris, moving to the next day. So we, like I said, we had great meals. We had great hangs that Saturday. And moving on to the next day, top of day two, we played another Swedish team. Swedish Swemen from Sweden. So there you go. Excellent. 
great team name. And this was a crazy round. So round four, this was my second toughest match of the, of the entire weekend. I got paired into the other X-Men player. And what's crazy about this is, first of all, I didn't know this going into the game, but he's probably one of the best X-Men players in Europe. And I learned that very quickly playing him. I believe that. He also is the person on their team that got Hulk. And so now I'm already a little bit worried because I'm thinking, uh-oh, well, he might be in the position that I was earlier against Connor, two objective teams. Why He probably should bring the hammer because if he brings the hammer, he can easily punch through and just either keep parity with objective and add a killing on top of that or kill through my stuff with Hulk and really score quicker right, than an average X-Men. And that's basically what happened this game. We played Mean Madman and Paranoia. So I played Paranoia again. And we played 18 Threat. He ended up playing an amazing team that totally countered my X-Men in a lot of ways. He brought Pyro and Hulk with his X-Men. And it's like, okay, Pyro can eat Beast alive. Pyro can also just ruin my X-Men with their action economy, with their superpowers, right? With his, yep. with his, Absolutely. With his firewall. So I think he just completely outplayed me in the turn zero. And he had better tools in his list than I did. Um, I did smartly bring Honey Badger this game because I was thinking, okay, you know what she's going to do? She's going to plant her feet by Hulk all game, force him to attack her or throw her away. But Frederick was this amazing player where he's like, oh yeah, I'm always walking away from Honey Badger. Or I'm always throwing her away. I'm never going to ever perform attack around her, right? Correctly so. No, don't tell, don't tell people. Don't tell people how to deal with her. <laughs> don't that's, tell that's them. That's the one trick I have. <laughs> now i will say this game had a rough start chris because we met parody on paranoia but i took more traps which i was very happy about yeah um because i was like all right i i literally got in, in a in a round one where we should both go even i got up very hard to do so i'm up round one but the problem is his last round one activation is hulk and this is where the game gets kind of rough and but round one lizard has a paranoia He's full health. Round one, Hulk storm hops, walks up, one shots lizard. Oh, man. And once That's... again, it's less about the one shotting and it's more about Hulk just built five or six power right. for the rest of the game. Right. That that power will take, that will, forgive the pun, that will power Hulk through the next two rounds where he will Minimum. likely build more power. And probably just win the game, right? Because Yeah, it, it is very snowball-y with him. It, it, you know. Lizard was gone pretty early in this game. And meanwhile, while this is going on, on the other flank, top of round two, because I did aggressively dive Beast in to take his trap to make sure I would at least score higher. Top of round two, Pyro one-shots Beast with a five-dice builder. And that's where we're like, okay, I was already a little bit in the back foot because he has the aggressive Hulk piece and I don't. And he has Pyro, which is a great tool against me. But now his dice have come online the, the early part of the game. And even if my dice come online later, I'm really going to need them to show up and maybe get me back in. And yeah, we, we had a great game. It ended up the final square being 12, 18. But I mean, those points don't show how close the points were every round, right? But the problem is, is the points were so close every round. And by the end of the game, he's dazed a lot of models and he can easily, with Hulk, he can just easily control a side of the board, right? Yeah. With all Especially his power. if all your if all your models are on their injured sides and yeah. Right. And he was doing amazing stuff like throwing Logan away, 
but then I was doing stuff like I would move Logan back exactly, storm hop him, and then and then strike Hulk, and then place on the back trap. You know, crazy stuff like that. It was all because of that right flank. It's because originally I was planning on Laura being on the left flank with Honey Badger and Logan, and because Beast got one shot atop of two by Pyro, Laura had to pivot and go to the right. So I lost an entire round two of like Laura moving across the board. Her going to the right was the right call. She had to go over there to do stuff. But we, me and him talked about this after the game. He was like, he's like, because I spiked early on Lizard and Pyro, you had to adapt, which lost you actions in the game overall, right? Like I it just, I had to pivot. Yeah. And pivoting was correct. And the fight on the right was an amazing fight. I mean, it was his Laura, my Laura, his storm, my storm, his pyro, my beast. I mean, it's it's like a lot of like displacement and fighting. And then there was also a hydro tank over there, which blocked line of sight. Mm, fun. You know, there's a lot of fun stuff going on. But because Hulk was so aggressively controlling the left side and Lizard went down so early, which is unusual for Lizard, I was playing down threat and, you know, I was trying to get back the whole game and he was just incrementally scoring a little bit more. And once again, you'll see a theme with both games I lost. They were on PPP. And PPP just scores so insanely fast. Pretty quick. Yeah, just so insanely fast. So what can you do about that? And so Frederick ended up taking me that round. And, you know, my game was more of a a coin toss that round. But, you know, there was definitely a world I could win that game for sure. Especially like if the play I made early where I take the traps and then his pyro and or Hulk don't hit well on their first strike. Okay, now we're like, we're up points and we're alive, you know, (laughs) but. And keep in mind, Lizard played it super safe. He grabbed the PPP from as far back as he could be. He had a piece of terrain kind of partially blocking him. But I mean, Hulk with the Storm Hop and a Gamma Leap. Yeah, he just so found he's, him. he's got to, yeah, he could get, you know, that Storm Hop on top of the Gamma Leap, which already gets him wherever you need to be most of the time anyway. So even if you're playing, trying to spread him out and make him have to move everywhere, he's still getting to you with two actions left. That's absolutely. Nuts. absolutely. It's nuts. It's so nuts. So now we've lost two rounds and we've won two rounds. Both of our, you know, rounds losses were close, I will say, you know, so that's a good feeling. But going into round five, we're like, all right, let's just close this out. Let's have our fun. Yeah. And so round five, we played the Jutland Juggernauts. So we actually played a Danish team from the Jutland. Like I said, they were they had a long commute to Copenhagen, right? But we played the Jutland Juggernauts and I feel like this round we played so well. So I think this round, of course, by the end of the tournament, we we really figured out what was working and not working for our team. We really had figured out we had the draft down to a science. And I think we got an amazing draft and we all played super well this round. So my round five and final opponent was Ling. I'm not going to mispronounce the rest of the name, but it was against Midnight Suns with Immortal Hulk. Oh, fun. Very real team. I was lucky enough that we got Mutant Madman, which, you know, I think is better for him than like spider portals and stuff for sure. But we got Mutant Madman and we got Legacy Virus, which was his, right? And in this game, I played extremely tight. And it was one of those games where it's like I used to me my X-Men and my Storm Hop to safely grab the middle Legacy Virus to back up, to not be killed by a Hulk. And then I aggressively, round one, put the foot on the gas, taking some of his traps with lizard and beast Mm -hmm. invading. And I scored so much round one that I was kind of set up for the rest of the game to rotate and try to survive. And, you know, he was down 
a lot of points early in the game and I was up a lot of points. But then, of course, he had a massive swing turn with Siege of Darkness and Immortal Hulk killing multiple models in one turn. He was running a very strong list. He was running Blade, Dr. Voodoo, Beta Ray Bill, Immortal Hulk. I mean, that's... Some That's scary awesome, stuff. Awesome, dude. Yeah, I love yeah. that. What I'm very proud of myself this game, Chris, is I brought Scott this game because I know that Blade and Voodoo don't love energy. And I waited for him to place them. And Scott was on my last places because I was like, the flank. Yeah. Scott's going to go on that flank, right? And he's going to shove them away. He's also going to do a lot of damage to them with energy. His blade actually rolled amazing on defense all game. So, but I just controlled, I controlled Voodoo aggressively. And then I had all my little characters. All they had to do is score for a certain amount of time and keep Immortal Hulk busy on the right flank, right? And that's what they did. So it's like Beast was just going back and forth, flipping traps, trying to stay alive. Laura grabbed a legacy virus and was just trying to get out of there, you know, when she mm-hmm. eventually caught up yeah. to her and got her. And Beta Ray Bill, I just controlled him with uh, Beast, right? As best, best I could, make him walk back. Beast is able to uh, keep him kind of locked down, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's also scary, though, when like Bill's like, all right, it's time to use the hammer. And Beast is yes. like, oh, please, no. Energy. Yes. Bill has the tools to, to win the fight. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but the, the key is I wasn't attacking Bill yeah. to not give him aggressive. Don't power him up. And yeah, don't, don't give him, him that, free, that free movement. Exactly. So, And I just had to weather the Eye Hulk storm. I was scoring up every round and safe every round with the Legacy Virus. I ended up taking this game 17-11. And, you know, I think Scott was my MVP this game because Scott just basically controlled Blade and Voodoo by himself. And it was super fun on that side flank, Chris. I had Lizard, Cyclops, and Domino. Oh, yes. So I actually had 10 threat over there to his 8 threat on that flank. But once again, I said, I know he's put all his eggs in the Immortal Hulk basket. As long as I can survive over there, I can easily dominate on the left side. Never let Voodoo do his Voodoo things because I've got Lizard in his face throwing him away and I've got Scott pushing him away with his yep, laser yep. voodoo's nightmare and just kind of weather the blade storm and which is very easy to do when you have models like domino because i brought domino as a kind of like a brawler you know where it's like she's just going to survive over there you know mm-hmm. she's tanky yeah so i ended up taking that game and we ended up taking that entire round 5-0 nice so once again like i said i think we just had figured it out we we closed it out for the weekend. And yeah, I, I think I learned a lot. I think it's, it's very interesting. My only losses were to two amazing objective players that had more tools than me. And they just outplayed me as well, like while having more tools than me. Yeah. I think we learned very quickly. I would have, my list would be a little bit different next time. I also might not even played X-Men. I, I think just seeing the meta, like I would have rather played Brotherhood or maybe an attrition team, as crazy as that sounds, just to just to be able to pivot more in the draft and live and die less by the draft, you know? And I think we learned that makes a lot lot. of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of lessons to be unpacked and learned from you got from you guys' experience as a team in the draft format and everything like that. But for the purposes of this show, what did you kind of learn the most? What, what stuck out about the new X-Men kind of reformatting Mm. the most to you? Well, I think it's very apparent that X-Men got hit pretty hard. They did fine at the event, but I mean, they're certainly not dominating a lot of stuff right now. I think I also should have been maybe more comfortable because I just didn't have the time. But if I think now I'd be more comfortable because I've I've played more, but like be more comfortable playing an attrition X-Men or something, right? Because now I know that Storm's tools have been 
reduced in a massive way and you can't just like lean on like knowing I'm a good objective player and, and Storm's good with objective and you can't just lean on that as much. Maybe sometimes you just got to be like, yeah, I'm a Storm hop cable and double tap every turn, yeah. you know? So things like that. I also learned too that like, you know, because the game is so dialed in right now, like secures always score, like they removed all the things that get rid of secure yeah. scoring like yeah. voodoo and things like that, that out rotating your opponent and stealing extracts from your opponent can just win games, right? And we've known that for a while, but I think at a premier event of this level with the draft format, you know, with Rhino, Black Cat, Voodoo, numerous models with steals out in the world, you've got to have a plan for that. If you don't have a plan for that, well, their guaranteed play is get away with the extract and probably just score out, right? You have no guaranteed plays. Your play is chase them down and hope your dice are average or better to get that thing back, right? Because you daze them, right? So that's that's a big thing that it's I think X Men was was good at before, and now they're a little bit worse at. So I think definitely with X Men, you're like you got to bring a Voodoo or you got to bring a Rhino or, or a Black Cat or something. You got to have a tool in your tool belt for those matchups, right? Now, what's exciting about X Men? I played, like I said, I played Scott three times on the weekend. He performed every time, and it's like so. I've got more tools in my tool belt, but at the end of the day, Chris, you only have ten models, and you got to got to lock it in, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and especially, man, I mean, you've said it, we've been alluding to it. It's, it's a constant theme, but it can't be said enough, especially with all of the changes that happened right before you needed to lock in. I mean, that's very scary. And, and the amount of time that you didn't have to really finalize it is just, yeah, it's, hmm. And you're worrying more about travel than the folks already in Europe. You know, there's, there's travel a was lot, brutal. there's a lot going in and, um, there's a lot to be learned, and I'm excited to think about it <laughs> over the course of the next year. Absolutely same. And, you know, pivoting off the event a little bit, I mean, Denmark was amazing. Copenhagen's one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to. A little on the pricier side, but food was amazing, and it's just so unbelievably historic when you're there. In addition to Copenhagen, I got to go to the Jutland. I got to go to the other more countryside-centric part of the country. I got to, I got to go to Vila. In Billund, headquarters of Lego, of course, where Billund yeah, is. I and, saw, you know, I saw that on your Instagram. Your custom uh, Lego, yeah, the custom Jesse so mini cool, man. that had some uh, some Obi Wan elements pieces. But it's like I was only so lucky to do that because I have friends that are very dear to me, Patrick and Madison, who live in that area of the country, and they graciously offered me up to stay in their home to save some money and. You know, I just can't thank them enough because they helped me get through that jet lag period. I saw less of Copenhagen, but I was like with yeah. them recovering. And, you know, they're also like providing food and a place for sure. me to stay at no cost whatsoever. Incredible. You know, yeah. Which is absolutely insane. And, you know, and me and Patrick go back a long time. So it's one of those things where it's a testament to our relationship and how good of people they are. I've known him since I was going from middle school to the intermediate high school. And it's like when you have people like that in your life, I mean, it's irreplaceable. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, it's just unbelievable. It's like, I can go to another country and people take care of me, help me get ready for this event, you know, and I get to see another part of the country through their eyes because they live there. And I also got a quasi backstage pass to Lego because they work at <laughs> Lego and they are brilliant designers there. That's so cool. And, and you know, there's a, there's a level of thankfulness and thoughtfulness that I, I'll never be able to replace. And I can't wait to go back, maybe make this work out again, but I'm so happy that I did it on this budget and can make it all work out. And a big part of that is due to the con itself being so thoughtful. The people that helped me get there through the donations and also my friends that were just like, hey, 
all you got to do is like get a train to us on a different part of the country. And you're going to travel a lot more than if you would, if you were just coming to Copenhagen, but get to hang out with us and stay for free. Right. And it's like, I would much rather spend quality time with them. Right. Than even see Copenhagen in general. So all that to say, this is an amazing confluence of everything in its right place and everything happening for a reason. And I was very blessed to say the least that this even got to come up on my radar and that I got to go positive in an event of this caliber in general. Pretty amazing, man. I'm just floored and and it's so awesome that you got to go. And thank you for sharing the stories with all of us today, letting us live a little vicariously through you. <laughs> yeah. It was very, very fun. I was just sitting here listening to most of it. You know, I feel like I did nothing this episode, but like goodness gracious, no. what a what a good one. There's so much unsaid too, you know. I mean, I know. I'm excited to hear some of these more, some of the more stories as they come out. Think of the quality time with these guys on my team. And, exactly, you know, and, you know. and other uh, just the MCP community in general, and, oh and kind of the MCP community at large. It was the worldwide community together, not just not just the Midwest or not just LVO with mostly North Americans yes. there. But it was a worldwide event, and it's just so so cool that you got to go. And it, I'm, I don't know. I'm very happy and I'm going to do my best to be there next year as well. It's an amazing event. And I, you know, final shout out to Gil, the man who ran this event. I mean, the amount of time, money, effort, stress that he put into this, and he's going to expand it next year to from ideally from 32 teams to 64. I mean, just unbelievable to run an event of this caliber. And there's so many elements because you got to think about too, Chris, like the rooms, the lodging, the food, the catering, like there's so many elements on top of just the con itself, right? Like, I mean, it's absolutely. And the fact that we pivoted so well with gale force winds and and you know torrential rain and weather is is crazy. And I'm very happy that we got to do it. Denmark's a beautiful place. I hope they have more WTCs here in the future. And like I said, guaranteed next year will be here. So that is a set in stone thing that you can build around if you're this is something that piques your interest. And I got to meet some patrons from other communities in the world that you know we've run into paths before but people like matt bond and people that go back in our secret wars leagues and stuff yeah man well yeah of course they're here of course of course (laughs) they're they're repping their teams and winning their games and we might cross paths again and yeah and final shout out to my team i mean all this you know i i couldn't do any of this without my team and you know riding on the backs of my teammates and my team captain sooner just commanded us to a great spot we ended up getting 10th in the event overall which was amazing out of the teams in the top 10 we had some of the highest win rate of all the teams which is very interesting it shows the power of the format chris that there's teams multiple numbers above us like fourth place fifth place that have way less wins than us you know which is also interesting but it's also like that sports ball stuff you know there's a lot there's <laughs> a lot of gamesmanship more than just play play hulk in this one you know absolutely there is a lot of gamesmanship that is just being learned this was the first one so expect it to get more intricate going forward and Hulk was there and he was he was a terror yeah. like he is, but I that mean was just that was just an example because no, no, I didn't want to say cosmic ghost I didn't want to say cosmic ghost writer. You can say cosmic ghost writer. He was no, a terror. No, it's a bad word weekend. right now. Everyone's mad. He was a powerful entity that entire weekend and, and you know, obvious elephant in the room. Our team didn't play Guardians and we didn't play Cosmic Ghost Rider. And if we did, our win rate would either be the same or possibly slightly higher, right? And so that was a lesson for us learned as well. It's just a choice we made and we stuck with it, right? So live or die by that. And, you know, Cosmic Ghost Rider won a lot of games dominantly on this weekend in a lot of ways. But luckily, you only had one per team. 
So that actually does balance it out in a good way. Yeah. So, well, Chris, we got to close out this episode like we always do and tell you guys where we can find us and where you can kind of jump in with our communities. Of course, Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can always become a patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Check out the tiers. You know, we've cleaned them up, tightened them up even more. We really want you guys in this Discord community um, having fun with us here. So definitely check that out if you can support us. But if you can't support us there, always you can leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really means a lot to us. Additionally, you can find us everywhere online. That's X, Instagram, Facebook, all at Furious Finest. And you can also find us at furiousfinest.gmail.com if you need to reach out to us via email. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for the show's music. And, you know, please continue to rate, review, subscribe. It helps immensely. We wouldn't be here without you guys. And uh, I'm sorry we have to ask every episode, but it it is it the world we live in right now. Uh, so please keep it up. You guys are absolutely the best oh and i was gonna say too chris like you know stay tuned for a bunch of bonus feed content of us talking about maybe wtc and some other stuff that's been going on with us because life has been crazy and it's getting less crazy oh my gosh it's been so so insane the last what two years it feels like now yeah for sure but I, i i we're happy to like put back into that feed a lot more because Chris's schedule has got a lot more stable and like mine has as well. And it's like, you know, running a second podcast is very tough on top of the first, but I mean, we want to reward all you patrons that are choosing to support us that way and talk about more nuanced details about things like WTC and Denmark and things like that. And I just like talking about MCP, man. It's just, yeah, that's it what gets it is. me, it gets me fired up to play. Um, and I hope that that, you know, I hope in those kind of bonus yes. speed episodes that us getting excited to play and us getting excited about new teams or, a new thing coming down the pipe, you know, kind of translates to you guys and feeds that hype machine. So, you know, please join us there if you can. Of course. Now you can find me and Chris on several spaces online. You can find me, Jesse on X, Instagram, Discord, Longshanks, all the same place at Jesse Aiken. That's J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. And yes, it's E-A-K-I-N. It is Aiken. I mentioned it many times, but uh, he's not lying, folks. That great vowel shift that happened in Scotland. You know, this was, this is a uh, whole thing. If you want to get nerdy with my last name, Continues to affect our lives every day. Yeah, the great vowel shift. And, you know, I feel very happy because Aiken is a much stronger name than Aiken. But I mean, by the nature of my spelling, people always get it wrong. And it's so interesting to people that I've known 10, 20 years still get it wrong, which is wild. But it, you know, it happens. Chris does not get it wrong. But it's one of those things. It's perplexing. And so when I always say it, I spell it because it's like, if you're looking for me online and you're typing A-K-I-N or A-T-K-I-N, you know, all these different Aikens out there, it's tough. I got a bunch of extra vowels in mine. I guess. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we love it, man. We love it. But of course, you can check out my Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. Hello there. It's Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. Everywhere podcasts can be found and everywhere online at Hello There cast shatterpoint's an amazing spot it's kind of fun to be in shatterpoint with the lull right now and it's been a lull for the game but i mean it's amg's in their lull before this into the winter and spring where they really start ramping stuff up again before they inundate us with models to paint again for both games absolutely yep. and 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 i i'm very happy about it because it's given me time to get caught up on my shatterpoint queue of getting everything painted and, and catching up on terrain and stuff and but yeah lots of fun discussion on hello there lately you know i did my first tier list ever as a content creator somebody who's been doing this a decade i've never done a tier list and that was really fun for me and Amon. <laughs> Amon said it's the greatest or worst decision I've ever made as a content creator. I cannot believe you finally did a tier list. Oh my gosh. And it finally happened begrudgingly. Oh, this is awesome. I cannot wait. I can't wait to go listen to this episode. Absolutely. We did we did three tier lists. Um, I'm so hyped. Third to come out very soon. And it's like 
about the primary, secondaries, and supports of the game. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, if anything, at the end of the day, a tier list is a hundred percent opinion, hundred percent yes conjecture. But most and experience, of all, right? Well, yes, experience. Like because like, because my Republic's been struggling in the game, right? But I've been doing very well with Republic, right? Right, and like my honey badger is a lot better than most people's <laughs> honey badger, and, yeah. and, and 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 like it's one of the few models I play better than a lot of other people. But Your honey badger kills. My Cosmic honey badger is pretty good. <laughs> my honey badger does take out Cosmic Ghost Rider, correct? <laughs> uh, amazing, but yeah. If anything, a tier list is an amazing way. It's why I did come around to, on it fully. I mean, number one, Amon wanted to do it. Number two. It's a great place to have interesting discourse and discussion. It is a really good format for, for, yes, for kind of working things out verbally. Um, it, It does lead to really good discussions, though. I do believe you and I both believe that if you just look at a look at a tier list without hearing the nuances uh, in all of this, it's not going to help you a whole lot. If you just see Mace Windu S tier, right? Then I play Mace. That's just how it is. That's not going to help you near as much as maybe maybe playing an Ahsoka Fallen Jedi that that isn't S tier, but you're better at her. Or she fits in with your team strategy better. Yep. And I will say point and shatter points can't. I think shatter point by the nature of the rules and it being a little bit like tighter and less swingy and stuff. I actually think making a tier list for shatter point is much more clear and concise and accurate than for MCP. I, I still don't want to do them on MCP, but maybe we should do one on the uh, on the after dark feed just for lulz. Just do a massive like let's go through every four thread. Every character. <laughs> every one character episode. <laughs> yeah. I at this point I don't MCP is in such a good spot, I would not even put anybody below C or B. You know, let's table this because I do want to talk about this. Let's let's think about it. Chris, where can I find you and talk about your new show? Yes, sir. You can find me on the discord. I'm Chris finest in most MCP discords. I, you can also find me. uh, I'm also my name on discord is strong style. Uh, And you can also find me on orange futures, uh, an NBA podcast with Chris and Ben. I think by the time you hear this episode three will be out. We're still finding our way. It's kind of a, a comedy comedy NBA podcast. Formatting is getting tighter with every episode, but I really, really think in three, four, five episodes, it's going to be quite a good show. Definitely subscribe to it. I am. And uh, if you're an NBA person at all, I mean, what, what are you waiting for? I mean, there's some, there's some good, uh, good, good yucks in there. Some, some <laughs> chuckles and some yucks. Love it. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. You know, once again, final shout out to Gil. WTC was an amazing event. and. Can't wait for the next one. Even if I don't go, I will be covering it. I'll be watching it very closely. Chris and I will be watching it very closely with bated breath, you know? But until next time, thanks for listening. True believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 